Welcome to Porsche Pattern with Bracken Helms, the show where we hear Bracken and his distinguished guests from the Porsche community patter on about Porsches and all things automotive. Porsche Patter is sponsored by Circuit 64. Circuit 64 creates authentic automotive apparel made for like-minded automotive enthusiasts. The links for Circuit 64 are in the show notes. Okay, let's get to it. Tony Callis, Part 2. One of the things that catches me by surprise is he says he likes the earlier SCs. I mean, everybody I ever talk to always seems to think the later the SCs, the better. So for him to say the earlier SCs caught me a little bit by surprise. Another thing that seemed a little bit weird to me, like how long ago was it that the 964 was the ugly stepchild? And the 964 didn't sell well. It had problems. He says, you know, a lot. Of, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but I like the G-Body more than the 964. And like I said, that's going to go in cycles. I mean, how do we know not 10 or 15 years from now, people are going to be like, oh, the G-Body was the last of that man, main platform and they had it all dialed in. And then they went to the 964 and kind of had to kind of had some things that didn't go right with it. And how do we know the G-Body won't be like more coveted than the 964? And are G-Bodies not sought after currently over a 964? I understand that 964s have higher prices because there's less of them. If you remember, they were making a lot of G-bodies because everybody had to have a Porsche in the 80s. And then we went through a recession. Do you remember Porsche about went belly up? Do we remember that? So they didn't make very many of them. So when there's less of something, they're more valuable. I'm not saying 964s aren't great because I'm thinking of like what makes money? Nostalgia. Nostalgia makes money. Nostalgia makes people want to buy things. I think I'm the only person on the planet that I know of that had a 964 poster on my wall. I think most people, even if they're not total car nuts, and maybe they've grown out of the car thing, but I think a lot of people had a G-Body or a 930 or something on their wall. And even people that were old that didn't have posters on their wall, that was a pretty sought-after car in the 80s. And in the early 90s, a 964 was pretty forgettable. And this has nothing to do with Tony. I'm just trying to take a poll here and I'm wondering, am I out of touch? Is it me that is out of touch with reality in the Porsche world right now? There's a part in here where it sounds like I cut him off. There's a lot of my interviews that maybe some people are listening to where it sounds like I'm cutting people off. But... (laughs) I'm just not the best editor. So when I'm cutting things out or something, there might be like things where he's talking and all of a sudden there's not a long pause before I ask another question. And it may sound like I'm moving on or cutting them off. Anyway, here's uh, part two with Tony Callis. What cool cars have you owned? Well, I'm definitely a Porsche person and people don't understand when I say that I have not gone out. I've not said, okay, I'm going to go out and buy a 74 911 and I go out and find one. I'll buy it because as a mechanic, I have not had the funds to do that. Usually cars fall in my lap. So almost every car I own has kind of fallen in my lap. The 69 911, I have a 65 356. It just happened. The person got old and he died. And then he was a good friend of mine family member almost, um, because I was going to marry his granddaughter, but see, it's things like that. Oh, and she, his, his wife is like, do you, you know, what am I going to do with this? Do you want to buy it? And then you feel a responsibility to take care of that person also money wise and what to do with the car. 
He was an original owner. 66912, similar situation where somebody's like, you've got to have this car. 69911, a customer is going to sell this car. Tony, I don't want to sell this just to anybody. You deserve this car. And then he goes, well, you know, you know what you can offer him for it, but you know what it's worth. So you've got to be honest. And what's the favorite, the, my most favorite car I've owned? Um, yeah, that's a question. Um, yeah. uh, I had a car that people are going to give me a lot of crap over, but I had a Fiat Dino coupe it was very unique because it, it was special you know the wood grain and the, the 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 instruments and the way the the switches are and the way that the way a fiat built the car it definitely had to do with uh like lamborghini did and like ferrari did and unfortunately i never got that car together it sat in my near my garage for a while um and uh i sold it to a guy in europe in the netherlands and named Lambertink. He has a Porsche dealer. And uh, that that's probably one of my most favorite cars. I wish I would have been able to drive it. I have friends that have Alphas, older Alphas, that have unique windows and whatnot. I love the styling, too. Not as, yes, some of the Pininfarina, but some of the uh, Zagato and whatnot. Some of those, uh, they're unique. But that, that Fiat Dino would have been such a cool car to have. I think it's the garbage or I don't know what it is. Can you believe that? So do we just wait for a minute? Do no, we can just, I mean, yeah, I'm not like anal about it. Like I've like my last interview, <laughs> the, something went wrong with the mics. And so I just had the cell phone and it was crappy. So, you know, you just do with what you got. Well, you adapt and overcome, right? That's one of my favorites is you adapt and overcome and we're going to have issues, right? No matter what, any regret. cars you regret not buying. I, Oh, not buying. Yeah. Selling would be that, probably that Fiat Dino, right? We talked about that. Uh, not buying, well, of course. I mean, we're in a world of, uh, we, we live in the Porsche world where things are super expensive. There's one, but it was almost so impossible. It was the GT1 I was selling for Joel Reiser, the yellow Roar GT1. So Roar had raced it, and uh, we won a championship with that car. And... um that's that's got to be probably one of the top on my list other than some of my dad's race cars which were impossible because i was a child at the time but um i would say that gt1 because i think it was 300 grand i don't know crazy you know if we could have somehow come up with the money at the time and i'm sure if i put my mind to it i could have but in the end i would have had to sell my house and everything but it's 10 million dollars or something now you know who knows 20 years later. Yeah, it's crazy because at the time, 300 was probably a lot because, like, I mean, I hear, like, these old stories, like, with Bob Garrett's and, like, oh, I had mm-hmm. a 917, but no one cared. Yeah, the R, same thing. <laughs> you know, the, one of the cheapest cars you could buy, the 90, the 904, the uh, all of these, you know, the, the Speedster was the cheapest 356. But I remember the Speedsters going crazy in the early 80s, so who knows? Yeah, but yeah that time. would be that GT1. Yeah. Yeah, the next one was you regret selling, which is you already answered that. Well, see, I do not sell anything almost, <laughs> you know, between my watches and my cars and everything I own, uh, what I love having. Um, I'm not good at selling things. So that's where I've ended up with the Porsches I have. I just buy them and never end up selling them. I guess one day as I get older, I'm 61 now, I'll have to do that at some point and then use it as maybe a retirement plan. If you could have any car today, what would it be? Well, I'm a huge Porsche fan. I know that comes as a surprise. Um, it would probably be an early Porsche. 
I do love the 993 RS uh, to me. And I do, I do also love the GT2. That's a very, very difficult question for me because it's a difficult there's question so many. But, um, and, and people would think, oh, Carrera GT. Carrera GT scares me <laughs> <laughs> because you don't just drive it gently. You've got to really drive that car the way it's meant to be. And if you do that, I mean, we don't even need to go back to the, the Walker day, right? I mean, that car is, that car will bite you. Yeah. Um, so there's a pattern here with 993s. But the 993 GT2 is super special, but I love the simplicity of the 993 RS. Um, and then if it wasn't that, it would probably be, uh, a, if I could have a Gamund, I think I'd probably do that, the 356, because there were 52 of those originally built. We could go on that for the rest of the day, by the way. Right, right, right. <laughs> what is the next fun car you could see yourself buying? So I'm so careful about talking about this. So I went through a divorce and I thought about it and I thought, okay, I paid that off because that took me a while to get through that. And it just built character. I, there was a, a lot of self-reflection and learning through that situation. I thought, okay, when I finish paying her off, I'm going to use that money and just buy a new Porsche. That didn't happen. I went through the years of paying her off. And uh, when I got to it, I'm like, I don't, I don't really want a new Porsche. I want an old Porsche. You know, I want another 911 or another early car. If I could, I'd probably want a uh, 67 911. But that would be my, if I if I bought another car, it would be a 356 or 911. The problem is they've just gone through the roof. Why 67? I mean, I know it's short wheelbase. was the what? first year of the S. And yes, short wheelbase for, for me is unique. You have to realize every iteration of the Porsches have lost uh, some feel. And we're going to talk about this some when we go into the gearbox question. We're going to talk about it some uh, when we talk about uh, platforms of these cars. But I bet you there's somebody out there that says between the 356 and the 911, there's a lot lost. Who knows? Not for me. But 67 is raw. Such a light steering wheel. Power to weight ratio is cool. You can manipulate the car. Okay. So air-cooled versus water cooled not only like i mean your preference but the whole like debate about it well we had to do what we had to do right in the shed test for the F the epa we had to go to water like water cooled because um to maintain the temperature in the engine it's called restart emissions so when you turn off a car an air-cooled car or an airplane <laughs> uh, that's air-cooled it um it cools off so quickly if any Porsche, true, well, any vintage Porsche mechanic, let's do that, can explain this because the valves have, the engine has to be cold to adjust the valves. And when you turn off an air cool collar, a car, if you dump the oil out, it will cool off in an hour. I mean, it's super cool. Air cooled or, or coolant cooled. That's tough because, you know, the 959 is a coolant cooled car and the GT1 is a coolant cooled car, et cetera. When you say coolant cooled to somebody like myself that's 61, you can think about 924, 944, 928. When you say air cooled, you can think about the 356 or early 911. So you have to be careful when you ask that question to somebody because what actually, what platform are they thinking of? Right. Um, I'm going to go with air cooled because of simplicity. PDK or manual? 
It all depends. Uh, I am a, a person of convenience also. So on my daily cars, the problem is I don't drive cars. I don't drive my cars enough. I would almost be one of those people that took mass transit because you don't realize, people don't realize what it's like as a mechanic, what's going on in your head when you drive a car. It's very difficult for me to go on vacation in a car to, to go on long distance because I think about the piston speed and what's happening when it changes direction and how many times a minute that's happening. And I just go into an OCD nightmare. Uh, (laughs) So I go down a rabbit hole with this all the time to me on a daily basis, I would say a PDK is sweet. If you've driven a PDK car and especially the modern one where it double clutches for you and it blips the throttle actually in it, it's just, it's a technological, it's a wonder for me to listen to everything going on and how it shifts and how it sounds. But you have to realize, well, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about repair issues. I'm thinking about metal debris on the pickup sensors. I still enjoy a manual shift car. If it was a daily car, look, I'm on the phone. (laughs) I'm doing everything. I've got my cup there. Um, I'm always working. So for me, a PDK would be best for a daily driver. But in the end, I have to pick a manual shift car but let me explain. I have an FJ Cruiser that I drive, and it's a manual shift car, and that's not easy to find. But I enjoy the clutch. What year? I enjoy it. Uh, 14. It's the last year. Oh, so one of the recent ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Oh, yeah, Cruiser. Yeah, right. The other ones aren't called Cruiser. Yeah. Got it, got oh, it. yeah, you're talking about the older ones, right? You know, but I also have a Lexus GX that I drive, and it's a, it's an automatic. But um, it all depends. You know, wouldn't you love just a few cars there and you say, okay, what am I going to do today? Which one can I enjoy the most? Right. Favorite air cooled. Favorite air cooled. Oh gosh. Well, that's that favorite car, I think. And it would probably be now. Gamund is beautiful in its original form, right? That's a Porsche's original idea, but in as a daily, it would be tough, right? So I would have to, to say my favorite air cooled aside from the 67, 911, would probably be the the 993 RS, but think about how much do we care about safety features and passive restraint systems? You know, then you'd go to a there. Well, that's it because the airbags came out with the 964, and then there's the 993. So yeah, let's say the 993 RS. Okay, favorite water cooled. Would I pick the newest 911? I would probably say, I, I, I think I need to check this, but I think 16 is when the, the turbo, the 9912 came out. But all the 911s, the standard 911s were turbos. Those are water-cooled. I would probably pick the 15, just because I would like a naturally aspirated car. Now, you can get the GT, right? You can go with other ones. So, I don't know. That's I So, 991.1 yeah. or Mark Last one. year. Yeah. But I don't know. When I really start to think about it, you know, like there's the Cayman GTS. That's a freaking awesome car. So I can't answer that question. So isn't it interesting on the air cooled? I can pretty much nail it down right away. But if you ask me about water cooled, there's so many variants. There's a new, there's the, a new ST now, you know? Yeah. And the, the T was badass. Yeah. So I can't, I can't say I answer. What about the, what about the 911R, the 2016 yeah. 911R? So no, can't answer that question. Sorry. And when you say GTS, you mean the most recent one? Yes. The, the yes, Cayman. because they've retained the non-turbo 
the longest with the Cayman there. And they've been working on that one for a while because I think they're going to electric. I mean that well, maybe the, two maybe two issues or ago on triple zero they kind of did a whole article about on the gts like that they've been honing that one for longer than their normal cycle they go through well the macan's going to be electrified and of course we know about the tycon but they're and their hybrids which i'm not not a super fan of hybrids because of the technicalities we've seen with them and the high voltage batteries and things like that but yes the macan will be one of the first and the cayman will be one of the first Porsche has stated, as we all know, that they will retain the 911 in, with the internal combustion engine longer than anything else. Right. Yeah. So I've heard. What do you like about air-cooled versus water-cooled? Or what do you like about both, I guess? Well, being a mechanic, I love the simplicity of the air-cooled engine and just that it's original design. I like the water-cooled car. I can't say liquid-cooled because the air-cooled are liquid-cooled with oil. I like the water cool car. The other day I was driving one, test driving here at the shop, and I looked at, actually it was my Boxster. And I have a, a 98 Boxster, which I love. I don't have to worry about it. It's one of the best things, especially in LA. The city is rough on cars and people and everything and anything can happen. So I drove it a mile and a half and it was almost at operating temperature. You need to drive an air cool car almost 20, 30 minutes before you get there. So then I'm like, oh great, I can give about I can give above three thousand RPM now with this. <laughs> so that's why I like water cool car. <laughs> so pre impact nine eleven or a G body? If you would have asked me this question years ago, I would have said you're out of your mind and why would I like a G body car? But that's one of my favorite cars now. In fact, the other day one came up for sale. That's a nineteen eighty model, not the top year. You know, for an SC, if you had a 78, 79 big intake car, that would be cool. But they also had their their air pumps, you know, not that, that 80. 80 went to the auction sensor and they started dropping a lot of the ancillary stuff. But were you pre- pre- were you saying you pre- pre- were you saying you preferred the early <laughs> SCs or the late SCs? Early. Okay. But let's go with definitely pre-impact. I mean, come on, long hood car. SC versus Carrera 32. Okay, so I'll reveal something here publicly. I got very upset at Porsche in 83 when I found out they were going to call all 911s Carreras. I thought that was not right. Because for me, growing up with Porsches, a Carrera was very special. Right. It was a unique, the high horsepower car right. with the 4Cam engine or with the RS, the 2.7 liter. And then I'm like, oh my God, they're watering this brand down. All 911s are going to be called Carreras. Who's who's in charge here and why are they doing this? So I just got to where uh, I did not like the Carrera name. So for me, the earlier, the SC was special in Porsche's history, but it wasn't like a Carrera. The Car- the Carrera is, is a really cool car. So the difference between the Carrera and the SC you were saying? Which one do you prefer? Carrera. Without a doubt, the Carrera is the simplest car to maintain, the easiest to change the val- uh, to adjust the valves on, change the oil, without a question. And just the other day, yesterday, in fact, my cardiologist asked me, uh, "What Porsche should I get?" I hate that question because there's I don't know you, you know, I really don't know what you're gonna do and who, you know. So I said, "Well, Doc, uh, <laughs> what if I mess up here? <laughs> I don't want my doctor upset at me." So I said, "I would go with the '87 through '89 Carrera 
But all the, and he goes, oh, nothing earlier. I'm like, well, no, that's not true. The Carreras are all good. The SC got into some issues because you didn't have the updated, you know, the hydraulic tensioners at that time. You didn't have the better oil cooler. You didn't have this. You didn't have that. But, um, and also the 86 was the best of the, the last and pretty much the best of the 915 gearbox. I have an 85. <laughs> oh, you do? I have an yeah. 85. White Targa. I've never thought I'd own a Targa. I love it. I didn't think I'd own a Targa either, but I bought that 74 about a year ago. G-Body or 964? Okay. G-Body or 964? No question. I'm a G-Body fan. Definitely over a 964. I'm going to upset people by some of the things I say because they're not going to understand being the Porsche person. Why wouldn't I want a 964? It is the most complicated thing. Well, you have to, re- t- you know, spend four hours removing things on the car before you can adjust the valves. They run too hot. I would remove all of the panels uh, underneath the car in between to retain heat, n- not to mention the engine underbody panel. But um, it's a neat car. But, oh, my God, the cost, because it runs so hot, uh, the cost of uh, case-through bolt seals and oil leaks alone is just expensive. It's a very expensive car to maintain. Carrera is simple. Very simple. I mean, if there's anything about Porsche that we've learned is everything comes full circle. Like, I mean, I could give you a million examples, but like 964RS, sorry. When it first came out, everybody didn't like it. Oh, it rides too rough. Now everybody looks at it like it's the holy grail. Whereas things you say now, now that G bodies are like more of the cheaper of the air cooled, like, you know, there was a time where... It's not like yeah, long hoods were always sought after and like, no. I don't know, things come full circle. So yeah, yeah those bumpers, I talk, I probably said more bad things about the 964 than anybody when they came out and when they were, because I thought that was, well, I got to tell you this. Okay. So uh, I didn't like the 993 more so because if you were around at that period of time on Porsches, the 964 at least had the 911 interior, like we were used to back all the way to 74 the the nine the nine nine three the rear seats were cheap the door panels seemed cheap everything seemed totally plastic and different they were starting the whole they were starting the change so that was my next question nine nine three nine six four um but I but no 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 it's changed that's when the car came out and I was working on them and because you have to realize the nine nine three you drop that panel there's not a lot there's no valve adjustment. Right. So, hey, this is different. Well, I'm not a hydraulic lifter fan car, but on the other hand, it saves a lot of time and a lot of money. And this is working out. It's okay. Of course, until the valve guides went bad. But I would take a 993. If it's going to be that platform and that engine, that 3.6 engine, basically, I would probably pick the, uh, even though I'm a mechanic and I love adjusting valves, I would pick the 993. Now, you have to realize what Hurley said in that video he was in, that promotional video. Hey, the 993 is $5,000 cheaper than the 964. Now, then I started researching and looking into how did they save money? Well, they went to a modular wiring harness. So, you know, Porsches all the way from the earliest Porsches all the way up until including the 964 had every wire for any item you might want to get. Of course, the fog lights are there anyway, but let's use fog lights in an earlier 911 as an example. If you added fog lights to an earlier 911 or a 356, the wiring was already there. All you had to do was add the lights and the switch. Every Porsche had every wire, but the 993 was the first time they didn't do that. They saved money. Why do you think the key's on the left side? You know, they're saving money and 
and wire and whatnot, believe it or not. I know people say it's about racing and yeah, reaching the Yeah, that's what heat. the videos I watched when I was a little kid uh, said. It's about, supposedly, it's about money and saving on where, where to put that ignition switch. Everybody loves to say that, but I don't think that's really what it is. 993. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, comment, like, and share with your friends. Feel free to send questions or suggestions to the email in the description of the show. Special thanks to our sponsor, Circuit 64. Goodbye for now. We hope we can get together again for our next episode. Now get out there and enjoy the cars and the people.